we had went to a conference and there was a speaker there, Mr. Rosier. And he said that when he had did, he had spoken somewhere and he was in the bathroom and somewhere that somebody, had, he just heard somebody say, oh yeah, that guy, he was horrible. He was in the stall. And he said, yeah, that dude was horrible. And then he comes out and they're standing in and it's like, how awkward can that be? tuning in to conversations with Brent. I really appreciate your support. Make sure you hit the subscribe and like button so you don't miss an episode. We're going to try to bring content that can inspire you, enlighten you, and give you a course of action to reach a highest life. Today, I have such a person that can help you get to that point. Anthony Edwards. What up, Ant? What's going on, brother? I am good. You, man? Uh, the new day. It's a new day, man. Yes, sir. You know, we met yeah. during Game Changers. Good. We hit it off like-minded. Uh, some of our texts and chat during yeah. class. <laughs> uh, helped us to buy and broken bread together. Uh, you let your uh, skill set, your mindset, and your energy to my first Power Hour series. I appreciate that, man. Incredible. And so we had to give you a form where you could be Anthony. So what you been on? What you been working on? Oh, man. Well, first of all, thank you for asking me, man. Oh, of course. So dope to be here. And, um, you know, I've been checking a lot of your content. Love what you got going. And so, yeah, hopefully one day. It's like Oprah. Humbly they down at that. So, yeah, now I get on. But, uh, right. yeah, man, just been um, doing, just going around to schools and speaking to so many young people. Um, and I just call them, I don't call them students, call them scholars. So going to junior high schools, high schools, and now the next step is in is college. Um, spoke in Florida not too long ago. I'm about to be going to Savannah pretty soon. So um, that's been going pretty well. Of course, got my podcast. I'm constantly dropping stuff. And Come on, you got to do what's the name, bro. We'll have to say the Bible. The podcast is keeping the towel. And um, I had been, right now, just been, they had just dropped two latest episodes not too long ago. So by the time you're listening to this, I was probably not when it says drop. So yeah, it's been going with that. Of course, got the same thing on um on my YouTube channel. Um, and I'm just getting ready to finish taking editing that one to put out there also. So how can they find you? Because I'm one of people I want people to talk about themselves. A lot of people be like, oh well, what not? Tell them where to find you. How to get in touch. Yeah, man. So I'm actually that type of person. I'm like, I'm going to talk about myself. But, you know, in this world that we're in, you get thinking that it's like you're a hubris. But no, it's a difference between a hubris and promoting. So um, you could definitely get at me on IG. I am at Boogie3000. Um, Twitter at Boogie3000. And also my website, IKeptMyTowel.com. That's the best space we can definitely get me. IKeptMyTowel.com. And you'll see all that you'll be able to catch about me and everything right there. And so speaking of I kept my time, you know, we collaborate, collaborate a lot. Uh, we bounce ideals off that other. And when you first told me about what I kept my towel was about, I was blown away. So those that have not heard the story, who have never heard you, 
what does it mean when you said I kept my child? And of course, I love the logo on the hat and you ain't beat that. <laughs> so uh, it came from my podcast, Keeping the Towel. How did Keeping the Towel come to play? Um, I've I've done radio and all that stuff. And I was like, God, well, maybe I should go on a podcast. And, and I'm saying, no, everybody and their mother got a podcast, which is true. Everybody and their mother could just pick up a podcast. And I got a podcast, but I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. Right. I could talk sports with anybody. I could be like a Stephen A with anyone. But eh, that wasn't me. I got bored with that. I definitely want to talk about relationships because I don't want no smoke. I don't want to hear. So what you trying to say? No, I did not say that. So no, I didn't want to do that. Um, and so as time progressed, I didn't know where I wanted to go with it. And then out of nowhere, it was like, I looked, I was just, I'm very observant. I love to just go ahead. I'm very perspicacious and I love to just go around. My favorite pastime is just the people watch. And I'm going around, I'm just seeing people just like with this low head down type of spirit when they move. So I was like, hmm. And you know, and I said, all right, keep moving with that. And then I was sleeping and then one day in the middle of the night popped up, keeping the towel. I was like, that sounds corny, keeping the towel. I was like, nah, that sounds corny, right? Nah, but it kept kept resonating in my head. So um, as that went on and out of nowhere, I just said, you know what? I'm looking up equipment and I said, you know what? Let me go ahead and get one. And the first thing I got was um, um, a Sennheiser mic. But I didn't mic. Worst mic to get. Some boy forgot that. And um, the minute I paid for it, that was it. It was like, you're real about this. Right. And no joke. So, um, and then after that time progressed, I was like, but why am I going to call this podcast? I was like, keeping it tall, keeping it tall. Like, nah. And then I looked at the documentary with um, Mike Tyson and the Buster Douglas fight. Um, those of you too young to know about that, don't worry. Look it up. Those of you who know about that fight, that fight changed to boxing history. And um, and when I checked it out, it was just talking about how Buster Douglas Corner told him, I think it was in the sixth round, his manager told him, hey, listen, if you don't do something here, because he was losing, as I know, he's like, I'm going to throw in this towel, and that's it. And this is, and, and I was like, man, that's what, I said, oh, are you kidding me? I was like, nah, no way. So, and, you know, I just looked at it from the standpoint uh, life is always given to us in three metaphors. Okay. A race, climb up the mountain, or a fight, right? And yes, as we know in the Bible, it says that the race is not for the swift or swift or the strong, but for those who endure. And then we look at the same thing that when we climb up that mountain, like I'm climbing to the top. But life is really more of that fight because out of nowhere, low blows, right? That, that word. You think you you lose in rounds and then out of nowhere you just come back, you know what I'm saying? Or if you win the rounds, you lose rounds because life is just hitting you. So that's what I looked at and I said, you know what? Yeah, that's what it is. So I just kept with I I I'm keep I keep my towel or keep it a towel. And then that's why I just use that that hashtag I kept my towel because it's just for us to all realize that in this fight game, that the minute your manager throws in the the towel, they're telling the ref, I quit. You know, and even any fight game, MMA, boxing, anything. Once they throw that in or they wave it to the ref, that means I quit. So um, that's when I, I realized that resonated with me because I was that person. Right. I constantly threw in the towel for myself on a lot of things. I was quick to give up on things when it didn't go my way or whatever have you. 
And um, now I've been going with that. And then when I decide to go out into the world and give a message, and that's all I want to give you, and that could resonate with anyone, with students and adults that, you know, that keep your towel in anything from of, of your family life, school life, study life, just your 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 on social life, all that holds true to everything. So what's a couple of strategies that you've discovered? Because I've thrown in the towel more times than I would care to admit. But what's a couple of strategies that could keep somebody from bullying in the towel? Well, I would say number one, if you're if you're doing something that you started to go with, number one, always go back to the basics. Just like when inbox. One thing my coach always tell me, Anthony, go back to the basics. He, he was telling me, jab, jab. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, this, this is all I'm doing, coach. He's like, no, come on, keep jabbing. You got to go back to the basics. And the basic is, why did you want to do this in the first place? Right? That's definitely number one. Number two, why are you still doing it? If you're just doing it because I just want to get famous as as you had a guest, as I looked at one of your, your shows and your guest has said to you one time, I'm doing this for the money, you're going to lose out. So why are you doing that? And then I would say number three, you got to assess. Um, I was reading this book, You Squared, by um, Bryce Pritchett. And he was talking about that, you know, if you're constantly doing the same habits, doing the same things, you're definitely not going to get no new results. Strip, that means you're going to have to, to um, re-switch or you're going to have to just repurpose your plans. No problem. Do that. But if you're going to keep sticking with the same plan, you're going to be messed up. And if you know you're in football, you already know if the quarterback is doing the same play. Like, oh, we know he's going to. We know he's going to. Every single play, like, all right, but we're going to sit on this. We're going to sit here and we're going to wait till you throw it. We're going to get you. Sitting on that route and jet it. You go. Get, get you off your route. Or, you know, jam them in like, all right, but now you've messed up your time. What you're going to do? So that's the same thing how I look at those three strategies. You know, particularly sometimes you're going to have to shift your plans. If that means that you're going to be around somebody, you and I have spoken many times, and then there's things that you would drop at me to remind, like, hey, maybe you want to try this. And I'm not going to lie to you, Brad. There was a time if you knew me 10 years ago, please, I would have said, no, don't tell me that, Brad. I'm no more. I got this. But, you know, this is where you have that, where the Bible says, when you can have, what was the person who has no one to correct them? You know, and the wise will listen. He who listens to the wise becomes wise himself. And when you would say, hey, yeah, maybe look at this. Maybe try that. Maybe do this. I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe that's what I need to do. I didn't look at it. It, is, it may not be something big, but something so small can switch a lot of things around for you. Well, I tell you what, I wish I would have listened to you when I started my website. I would have said, from the first person to the second letter, I uh, was able to mitigate my losses on that. But I, I think as men, sometimes it's hard for us yes. to accept correction. Correct. Correct. Instruction and criticism. Mm. Because there's a difference between uh, constructive criticism and then there's somebody that's just out and out just like on you. Yeah. And I think one thing I always appreciate about you when we talk is you always give it to me for a very non-biased opinion and i think sometimes because when you play sports you're very competitive and if somebody just come at you and you should do this first thing like they have who are you to tell you that and you never come at me like that you always say have you consider and that makes it easy for me as a, a man 
as a competitive person to do that. But also I think that's the pride in us sometimes yeah. that yes. we got to let go. One thing he said in your instructions is if you're doing what you love, and I think that's the first key is doing what you love. Because like you said, life, if you like doing what you love, if you're doing it because you see E.T. or Deion Sanders or whoever, Steve Hardy, you think, oh, I'm going to do that. And when you get here with that first supper bun, <laughs> I was like, I'm done. Yep. I'm yep. done. Yeah. And I remember when we um, we had went to a conference and there was a speaker there, Mr. Rosier, and he said that when he had did, he had spoken somewhere and he was in the bathroom. And somewhere that somebody, had, he just heard somebody say, oh, yeah, that guy, he was horrible. He was in the stall. And they said, yeah, that dude was horrible. And then he comes out, and they, they're standing in, and it's like, how awkward can that be? Right. And the same thing, like, well, you're going you're gonna to get those moments when people are going to not think you're good, you know, whether you do a musical or whatever. How do you deal with that? If Are you going to say, oh, man, I'm done with this. I was that person. Like, oh, somebody said it was horrible or something? I don't want to do this no more. So those things can really happy you and you're right as men we don't do too well with those three things that you mentioned particularly criticism we don't we take that automatically as a hit like yo what you trying to say what you trying to mean like nothing like bro but this is what you need right and you know and and i look at it from the standpoint like just imagine you had jesus and he had 12 people running with him you don't think that 12 people did not correct each other they had to correct on john because every th- every time that we're coming to him, it's like, and he's like, all right, here's the parable. Here's this, here's that. Well, I ain't going to be here too long. So when I die here, who's going to help you out? Like, you guys got to hold each other accountable. And this is why I'm glad that I had people like yourself. When I could run ideas by, like, yo, what you think about this? Maybe change this out. Like, when, when I was doing my website, right, what you think? What you think? Ah, uh, switch this. I'm not going to lie. There was a moment I was like, this? Damn, I got to go back and do this again? Like, he don't realize this took me two hours to do. All right, let me go back and do it for another two hours. And then, here it is, you, now I'm looking at them, and you look, when you go in high say like, it does make sense. Because, again, I'm looking at it from a creator's role. Yeah. Right? Just like the person who's operating the camera. They're looking from a creator's standpoint. But if they have somebody else look at it, it's like, uh, maybe take this segment out, put that in. So when I came back, I said, Brett, what you think? All right. Now I can see your words. Again, I didn't think of it like that. I'm thinking, yeah, you want to see that. Yeah, but everybody may have good eyes like me. Somebody may, may not have good eyes like me. Like, they're like, right. And they're like, all right, well, yeah, you got this white embedded into this white background. They're not going to see that. So we got to have somebody there to, to look over your shoulder. And, and I equated to kind of like blind spots. I was talking to a friend of mine once and I was telling him it's blind spot. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. And I said, that's why it's called blur spots. But then I thought, I said, let me ask my wife what lot blur spots are. And she said, you don't take social cues well. I'm like, what do you think? She said, you be talking to people and they'll, they'll bit more want to have conversation. I'm like, everybody loves Brett. Everybody wants to talk to my Brett. And she's like, no, they don't. And so that helped me because I found out years ago, somebody that really cares about you, We'll tell you, hey, bro, you breath steep. Uh, you got some shit. I'm yes, so Right. And that person told me, bro, people that care about you will tell you the things nobody else was right. Everybody else will talk about it, but only the people that really care about you will tell you. And so I appreciate my wife for telling me my blind spot. But I think the other thing is I had to be, first of all, open to receive 
and then to be able to do. When you're teaching the scholars and you're talking about Delta keep their towels, I know you've gotten a lot of great testimonies. Has anybody ever said, man, that stuff don't work? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah David. You can, I mean, tell you what, I met with somebody when I did, did my podcast and I was first started out and, I'm, and I had a friend who was checking out. I was like, what? Keeping the what? Wow, that's corny. And I was like, yeah, but it means something like power. Nobody's going to listen to that. That's kind of corny. And I understand my platform, my message is not going to hit everybody. Right. That's okay. That was, I'm not going to lie to you, Brent. That was the one hurdle that I had to get over. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. Because I was like, no, nah, I, I, I put in a, a whole 30 minutes, 40 minutes into this 20 minutes. So by, everybody's going to like this. <laughs> but that's not going to resonate with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Just like. He's not going to resonate with everybody, just like you won't resonate with Ryan Body. However, there is going to be an audience somewhere. And as we learned in our course that we were in, that you're not for everybody, but you're for somebody. And, and that's what I had to realize. And then when you hear somebody say, yo, man, thank you for making that. I needed to hear this at this moment. I need to hear that at the moment. All right, cool. I got somebody. But if you don't have somebody who's in, like who doesn't like your music, who doesn't like your work, whatever it is, your, your, your video work, it don't matter. That's not for them. But somebody out there is going to like what you're doing. Even if it's just two, that's all you need. Because those two can go and tell another two and another two. That's right. There it is. I was listening to an interview with T.D. Jakes and Steve Furtick the other day. And T.D. Jakes was talking about when he did the first one of Ballard Loose. And the people that wanted to run what did they put something out he's like that's not my message that's not what i'm trying to get across and so he took it back over and he did his thing he said there was a lady that was dealing with cancer came and said thank you that was just what i needed to get through this they may not understand what you're doing but it was just what i need us and he said at that point he realized you have to do what god purposed in your heart the way he purposed it because like you said this in Atlanta, we up to what? Probably seven million people. Yeah. Me, you, our producer Arthur, Mo, Barb, we can all do it, and we're still not going to get all seven million people. Nah. And then you open that up to the world is what seventy billion people or something like that. <laughs> there is no way you can have a million people doing the same thing, and nobody's going to control the market. She's right. That's right. And I agree with you. And I think that's something that we we need to understand that not if you're not you're gonna be for someone, but not for everyone. Yeah. And once I understood that, like, um, I was I got now. I was like, oh man, how who am I gonna speak to? Whatever. And it's like, you know what? Stop worrying about that. You just have to speak your words. Yeah. Speak your words, and then as you tweak your words, boom. Somebody's gonna whether they're young or older or. The older young or a couple of them, yeah, they're going to listen. And don't worry about that because I can't sit there and speak to teenagers. That's not my, my thing. But my message, they can they can resonate something with it. Adults can resonate something with it. But I'm not going to sit there and say, all right, hey, what's up, y'all? We can't even lit today. All right, that's going to work for the high school and college, but that's not going to work for somebody, right, 30 plus or 40 plus. It's like, what? Nah, okay, you sit there with that. So... You just got to know what works for you. And as you said, you're not going to catch the 7 million or 10 million in one city, but you got a billion, over a billion people in the world. You're going to hit a few of them. That's like. And, and, and you know, I had a, a low reality check because I just got back started with my podcast and 
started doing some things on social media. Yeah. And of course, you look at people and they get 7,000 views and this. And I put something out one day and they got like a couple of interviews. And I was like, man, shit, I keep doing this. And God said, are you doing this for the numbers? Really, no, really, because I told you to. At that point, I was like, all right, Arthur, let's get the machine printed and put them out because you never know your message can reach one person. They can save their life. They can save their family. They can reach their community. You just never know. And so I just want to let anybody know that if there's something on your heart that you feel like you should be doing, just get started. I was always taught when a student is ready, the teacher will appear. My podcast, I started the producer had gotten into some other things. He couldn't keep doing it. And then the person that sit right next to me at work is like, man, I can help you with your podcast. And as you see, we hadn't missed the beat since. So sometimes you just got to keep moving. And the people that are supposed to help you, when they see you doing something, they'll line up. But how many people have you heard say, well, I don't have this, and I don't have this, and I don't have the money. Let me tell you one thing, Martha told me. As I was thinking about buying a camera, he said, Fred, you got an iPhone. One of the best cameras there is. Why would you go buy a new phone when you got, or buy a camera when you got a phone that has a great camera on it? So I had to take what I had, help find somebody that knew what to do with what I had, and then keep going. Yeah. As you're out speaking and you talk to the kids, um, what's maybe one story? that you can share where a kid, it just it just hit home. It was like, okay, this made it worth it. Oh man, just a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking at a, um, I was speaking at a, at a private school. And the crazy thing was, I was told it was all boys. Oh, this is easy. Then I get there. I see some ladies there like, oh, oh no. So I gotta, I'm, so right when I tell you, I had like 20 minutes. I'm scrambling, like shifting my entire presentation because I didn't want to be biased. Right. So I went and I just did what I said. I said, look, you're going to have to go with what you have because you can't be structured this entire thing. So I went, did what I had to do. Then these ladies came up to me and she said, thank you. The young ladies. And they said, thank you for, for this. It was like probably in the sixth or seventh grade. And I said, well, ladies, I'm glad that you came out. She said, no, I need to hear this because... Um, things I realized that it's gonna get a little hard for me. And I said, I said, you mean? She said, when I grow up, I wanna be a physician. I said, yeah, it's gonna be difficult. Yeah, death. And then another one says she wants to be a dentist. I said, yeah, it's gonna be difficult because you wanna know why you two are dealing with the anatomy of the body. You're dealing with the entire body, or if you're gonna be a specialist, remember that word. If you deal with a specialist, you're gonna be dealing with certain parts, but you're gonna be dealing with the mouth. So things that we don't know about the mouth. And then she was like, yeah, I needed something like that. And then I remember when, after they came, here it was, five flooded me, like, thank you. I, I need, I guess I needed to understand how studying was so important because I told them what studying, me not studying did for me back when I was dead age. Right. How I suffered badly in school because I didn't suffer, because I didn't study. And then now when they came to say like, thank you, I guess now I, I guess I need to start really studying. I'm like, look, I get it. You may think you know because all you got to do is say, Alexa, Siri, what's this? And they could tell you, got it. Oh, I'm smarter than all y'all. No, you're not. You're, you're really not. Because if you depend on that, we didn't have that. When we were told, hey, look, go look up our part. You have to go and get this big dictionary, flip over there and get this pages. And you're like, 
artwork. And then you have to write it down and say, all right, I found it. And then you, worse if you have bad handwriting, do it all over, right? And you're like, oh, no, but that's just how it is. So when, I, when they understood um, studying, I said, listen, your teachers are only telling you, I'm just studying, study, study, said, give yourself 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I said, it's going to feel like an eternity for you. I said, but if I told you to go and play on the game for 20 minutes, they'd be like, that's it? I said, exactly. I said, but if you, could you want to know why? Because gaming means more to you than studying. That's right. But if you play study a little bit before you're gaming, it's going to be about the same amount of time. But 10, 20 minutes every other day, and not every day, give that every other day. It's going to start incrementing, right? So that's all you need. But when I got that, I was like, all right, hit them. That's all I needed. And, and I think it's so key that, like you said, we can prepare. We know what our mind, what's direction we want to go. We we think we know what the audience is. And then you get there and there's always something that was unexpected. Yeah. And you have to be able to adjust on the fly. Easily. And that's either with life. I mean, we live in Atlanta and you can go the same way every day to work. And that one day when you really need to get to work is going to be a wreck or traffic. And you can't stress out. You just have to be able to adjust on the fly here. And so for you, uh, you do some acting. Yes. You speak. You got a regular job. How do you manage all the things that you have to do? Because that'll stress you out. If you got a lot of stuff to do, it can stress you. How do you maintain? Because every time I see you, you like, hey, you're not like, hey, don't talk to me today. I'm like. Well, no, because number one, I'm talking to Brent. I don't want that to happen. I don't, I don't want to lose that out. And then I'm out to find Arthur. I know you're listening, so I'm out to go and find you, bro. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I think what what brings me always into focus is what Miles Monroe said. Your your nine to five is your job. Your work is what you're what you're called to do. And that's what I always have to remind myself. When I do here, it don't matter. Nine to five, graveyard shift, whenever. That's just your job. That's just what you got to do for the moment to keep the lights on, whatever, fire. But when your work is when, whether you're behind a camera, you're behind an audio board, wherever you're doing, that is your work. Because when it's all said and done, that dash in your epitaph on your tombstone, that matters more than anything else. And then, like I tell people all the time, like, man, I've had this debate with people. And they say, oh, yeah, well, Ed, you don't have kids. You don't have a legacy. I said, no, your legacy is what you do on this planet. And when I go ahead and I can mention Brett Miller, I guarantee he's my, nobody's done something yet. Well, you know, I know his kids and his wife, they're going to say, yeah, you know what he did with me and, and men of excellence and everything, that's what's going to matter. They can go ahead and go to Arthur and say, yo, you know, you know Arthur's wife and kids? No. But I can tell you what he did for me. I know I, I know this work. His work is very is obvious, you know what I'm saying? Because that's your legacy. And so that's when I always remind myself that it, that's my work. And so whether it be acting, I knew for, I, I used to deny it for so long, but I knew it was my voice was going to be used. And I said, nah, that's, that's not my work. My work is to go and be a millionaire. That was that. Like, no, if you're worried about that, how are you going to do it? But. That's what would be a person so many times. Your gifts will open doors for you. And that's what I just look for. Let my gifts just open doors, put me in front of the right people, and then let that go. And, and it's funny you should talk about legacy because when Oprah opened her school, 
she told Maya Angelou, oh, this will be my greatest legacy. Mm. Maya Angelou says, who? Mm. Says who? She said, you don't get to determine what your legacy is. People will determine what your legacy is. And so when people think, oh, I'm doing all this great, I'm building buildings and putting my name on it, and they have no impact whatsoever. But the homeless man that you talk to every day, he can be your legacy. Or even pay $15 to him. Yeah. Don't, I, brother, I was to get one day I was downtown, and this gentleman, he was begging people, he was begging. And I said, no, no, I don't have anything, man. I don't have nothing. I'm, I'm good. So then, quick get, quick get inside of me. Spurs just said, go back to him. I was like, I ain't doing that. Go back. I said, hey, brother, you need something to eat? He's like, he said, that's all I want, man, something to eat. I said, all right. So we went to McDonald's. That's where there was a McDonald's there. I think now that's the Hooters, but that was a McDonald's. So we went in there. This man, I said, he said, all right, I'm going to order. I said, no, order whatever you want. He ordered two burgers, two fries. I said, no problem, pay for it. And this dude kept asking for ketchup. Brett, I tell you, I think my blood pressure skyrocketed watching. He just emptied out packets upon packets of ketchup. And then we sitting in, we're talking. He just started saying, yeah, you know, I used to travel with this person, that person from Mitch. I mean, names. Right. I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, I used to be um, assistant for his ministry. I used to be assistant for her ministry. I said, no way. And he's like, yeah. And I, and I didn't ask how this, how you got here. I right. sat there and he's like, and he just told me, he said, brother, I ended up here because I trusted some people and they turned their back on me when it came time for business and I lost everything. And I just said, no. And who would have thought if I would have just kept walking because of being like, I don't have time. Correct. I would have never learned from this, that this gentleman named all these names in ministries and everything. I promise if I drop three, you'll be like, oh, I know who that is. Right. He worked with all these people. And he said, yeah, help them build this ministry. I built this ministry. But it was just so amazing to hear that. So that's how I am down. And I don't ever look down on anyone when it comes to that because you just don't know. It's been around homeless people or people who are unfortunate that were musicians traveled with with um Vincent Marcellus and all these people. Right. No way. But again, this is what I've learned. And just never know people's backstory. No. What they our mother told us is she said you treat everybody the same. Absolutely. Because you never know what people are going through and you don't want to be the one to push them over the head. Mm. And it's like we have gotten to a point in society, we judge you from 10 miles that we can see you. Whether your hat is turned like yours, whether it's backwards, whether you have a hat, no hat, you shoot. We prejudge everybody. And I remember Akon once, he was talking about doing some stuff with some billionaires. And he said, when you walked into the room, they had on running shoes that looked like the only pair of shoes we ever owned. Jeans with holes, not bought jeans with holes, jeans with holes. And they just like looked like everyday people, but they were extremely wealthy. And he said, you know, he brought a rapper in and he didn't name the rapper. And he said, everybody looking at him like, who brought the clowny? Because he got all the jewelry and all the gold and all this. And it's like, true wealth? You don't know who's truly wealthy because they do not exhibit it. But when we get a little piece of change, we want everybody to think we've arrived. But then you make yourself a target. That's right. And it, it just amazes me that in all this time, people still don't understand the true value and your worth 
it's how you treat other right. And I also say for me, it's not about the money. It's just what comes out of your heart and comes out of your mouth. That's that's wealth to me. That if I can get something that you're dispensing from up here, and I can get it, I'm like, that's wealth. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that I can I can take that and I can now dispense it. I'm not gonna lie. There's many times you drop wealth on me. It was like, I mean, you could do this and that. Again, if I would have said, nah, you got that, you take that, but that's wealth that I was able to dispense into my website. Wealth I was able to dispense to help, in, to help me build myself even more. Mm-hmm. So why would I ever just turn that down? So I think that's what we get caught up in. If the person don't look like, and I say, you know what? That's going to always be the greatest thing in this world when people turn down people because they don't look like something. So, well, and, and let me say, I have a shop design. Yes. There's many times we get on the phone and we just blow ideas back and forth or we critique each other's stuff. And it makes you better because I can only see what I can see based on my information. You come with a whole different mindset of information that I may not even think about. You know, it's like, and, and you all keep giving us shout out Arthur because Arthur, like I said, done an amazing job. He's sitting over yeah. there. But even some of the things that Arthur comes up with, he said, what do you think? I said, Arthur, be creative. Yep. Because I don't want to stifle his creativity based on my limited knowledge and information. And so as we think about what people are doing in life, I tell people, let your mind go. Or just just make whatever it is. So, man, I know you got plenty to do, but I appreciate the time. But if you can, what's something you would tell a struggling young person that right now they may feel like giving up? They feel like nobody sees them, nobody hears them, they don't matter. What would you tell them? It's funny. I just did an episode called Invincibility and Invisibility, Horses Invisibility. And we feel we're invisible when we're on top of the world. And we feel that no white to touch us. But when we're not known anymore, goes back to what you said earlier, that if I don't have those 500 views on my, on my video or whatever, I feel, invin- I feel invisible. No, you're never invisible because you're not famous. That doesn't make you visible. That just only makes you be seen for the moment. Yeah. But again, it's just, it's evanescent. It's gonna be gone, just like, just like in the wind. So that's why I just always, I will tell to any young person out there, I want you to be visible. How do you be visible? Be visible by being true to who you are and just, and give it to the world. It doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be this, but if you draw, if you write, do it. And don't be ashamed to let someone read it. Cause the thing is, we don't know who that's going to help and that's going to, who that's going to encourage. So I want you to be visible, be visible through your gifts. Be visible through your mind, and more importantly, be visible by being true to who you are. Man, I appreciate that because one thing I always say, if two of us are just alike, one of us is unnecessary. Only that I could ever be is a second-rate ant, when I could be a first-rate Brent. And so, man, I just want to appreciate you, bro. Hey, you all look forward. There's going to be a live event. Not sure when, but if you've seen a power hour, myself, Anthony, Bardell, and Mo Sands. We're going to do something live, and we want you all to be a part of it. So as we begin to put some legs to this thing, we'll let you all know. But, bro, can't thank you enough for time, your presence in my life, and your wisdom. It has been invaluable to help me to get where I'm going. 
blessings, man. Thank you. Y'all, please, as you're out there, I'll tell you this, like I leave on all my podcasts, wipe the blood, wipe the sweat, wipe the tears, but whatever you do, don't throw in your towel. And on that note, we're going to throw in the towel on this episode because it's a wrap. See? Don't forget to like and subscribe.